Welcome to the CRE with Cobalt Banker Commercial Worldwide podcast. This is your host, Tom Hershey from CBC with my guest, David Lowry. Today, we're going to discuss accelerated marketing. Now, David is brand new to Cobalt Banker Commercial, but not brand new to the accelerated marketing world. I know that David's very excited about creating an accelerated marketing team uh, within CBC, which will allow our brokers nationwide to leverage technology partners like 10X, uh, someplace that David was working, uh, creating a broader marketing plan, reaching more buyers, and achieving the highest price for their clients. David is in the CDC office in Towson, Maryland. He has a passion for technology and started his career in the A&E space for the world's largest infrastructure engineering software company as a product marketing manager. David went on to spend the next 10 years in, excel, in the accelerated marketing field and was most recently, as I said, with 10X, the world's largest online commercial real estate exchange. David, thank you for joining us today. I know that you're excited to be partnering with brokers, sellers, buyers to expand their market visibility and decrease time to close. So let's get started. Would you kick off by telling us a little more about what led you to the accelerated marketing world and why you're so passionate about it? Absolutely. Well, first and foremost, thanks so much, Tom, for allowing me to to join your your webcast. Very excited about my uh, my uh, joining uh, Coldwell Banker Commercial or CBC. Great, great uh, company, great firm to work with, and uh, we we are literally hitting the ground running. We have a, a great team of people already, and already signing up uh, finding up deals. Excellent. So within the CBC world, what what is your vision for accelerated marketing? Sure. Um, so my vision uh, for accelerated marketing is very, very similar to what I've been um, doing over the past 20 years, if you will. Um, I was recently with 10X, which is a co-star company for the past, uh, I was with them for over uh, the past five years. And Really, the process of accelerated marketing allows buyers, brokers, sellers a platform, a very, very robust platform to transact commercial real estate. And if you think about the traditional way uh, that a broker, a seller, a buyer work uh, with with, uh, commercial real estate right now, it's really in the context of you present an LOI, and that sometimes can take months. And, and quite frankly, depending on the property, I've, I've seen them last as long as a year. This process can actually take as little as 90 days from the beginning of the marketing period to when the actual, actual property is sold and closed. The other great thing about this is it also offers the buyers, the sellers, and the, and the brokers a surety of closing. In fact, uh, if the property is sold on the platform, we've seen properties, uh, the transaction rate upwards of 97% close rate, which is, which is really great, especially when you compare that to an LOI. So to answer your question, I see that same methodology um, very much uh, playing out with the CBC team um, and offering brokers a, uh, a platform that they can get their properties out there. They can get more buyers on it. They can close quicker. 
So in essence, offering brokers, uh, their clients, an ability to uh, expose their property to many, many more buyers, a surety of close, and at the end of the day, uh, a happy, a happy client. And we all know if you have a happy client, that's going to equate to more, uh, more transactions for you as a broker. Absolutely. You know, you, you started to talk a little bit about uh, you know what we think of in the industry as the traditional process, and whether that be starting by an LOI um, or simply, you know, going right to a contract and submitting that as the offer. Let's talk about a little bit about the traditional process, um, you know, and, and timing. From my experience as a broker, you know, you have a due diligence period that can last, you know, anywhere from 15 to 90 days and on up. Um, then, as you mentioned, we have the LOI process. One thing you didn't really say is when you go through this process and you and you're you know in the eleventh hour uh you have the possibility of of a retrade oh uh, yeah absolutely tom and that's that's i'm glad you brought that up because that is one of the uh most disappointing uh problems that you can encounter as a broker as a as a seller you you get very very excited about the initial l o i and only, only to find out, literally using a, a football term, when you're in the in the final red zone, if you will, or in the final weeks, that the property falls out or it goes through a retrade process. And there you are as a as the broker, um, very excited. You're about to have a transaction closed, and and the next thing you know, it, it derails. And you've told a handful of buyers that, hey, I, I, this is about to close. We have an offer. Um, so you've turned several buyers away in the process. And then once the deal goes south, then you have to go back to those buyers and explain to them, oh, hey, this, this deal's back on. Um, and then, of course, there's, there's the, well, what happened? What happened with that first buyer? So you lose a lot of momentum where, whereas uh, this process, the accelerated marketing and partnering with uh, platforms such as 10X, and there's a couple of different uh, platforms that we partner with, the the retrade the problem of retrade completely goes away i mean what you're what you're doing in essence is you're building all of the due diligence up front you're qualifying all the buyers up front before they actually participate in the event and then the property sells again all of the due diligence is presented to that buyer up, up front so he can make an informed decision when he actually buys the property and then uh the uh once once the contract is signed the purchase sale agreement is signed you actually uh, require a substantial amount of earnest money down from from the buyers, which is typically anywhere from five to ten percent earnest money. So the the contract goes hard immediately, and the closing is typically thirty to forty five days after that. So again, very very different from the traditional methodology, but a way a very robust way to again introduce uh, a lot of buyers to your property, where they have all the information at their fingertips. They can actually. Uh, review all of that information, make an informed decision. You're providing feedback to the seller during, during that marketing uh, period, and then the property actually closes. Excellent. You know, I want to dive into that a little more, but first, I think that one of the things that, that really caught my eye when I was looking at your background is, is your technology background. 
And as somebody with the technology background coming into commercial real estate, you know, I think that technology is part of what's driving this platform. So how do you see technology um, is actually changing the industry as a whole? Yeah, really good question. Um, I, I think traditionally, um, look, all of us as uh, in the brokerage community, we're, we're, we're guilty, if you will, of having our buyer database. Um, of course, we have our client database, but we have our buyer database. So you may be a broker that specializes in a specific geographical area. You may be a broker that specializes in a given vertical, like in, in retail, for instance, or hospitality or office. So you, you get a property and you go out to that specific buyer database and it's, it's your tried and true database. In addition to that, you may leverage uh, platforms, existing marketing platforms out there, CoStar, LoopNet, et cetera. What we're finding now, especially in this economy, this new economy, you're finding that there are a much wider and broader bandwidth of, of uh, interested investors and buyers and properties. There's the unknown buyer. And I can give you several key examples of, of properties that, that we've sold successfully. And out of the clear blue, you get a new buyer that's never ever, ever purchased a, a piece of commercial real estate before. They're coming new into the market. So your traditional way of going out to market that property, whether it's leveraging the existing platforms, leveraging your database or a combination, um, may not hit those non-traditional buyers, the, the unknown buyers, if you will. So you really have to leverage all technology platforms such, such as uh, 10X, Real Insight Marketplace, as, as examples, to really touch those new buyers, those new investors out there, in addition to the, to the tried true, because you want to create the most competition, the most awareness. Um, so I really see technology helping uh, create more awareness for, for properties, for buyers, for sellers. And at the end of the day, if you leverage those correctly, it's, it's going to yield you the best possible sale price for your client. So it sounds like um, we're really talking about additional exposure. And, and I, I do want to walk through like the process of how accelerated marketing works. Um, but the exposure component, what is actually being done to generate this additional exposure? Because, you know, from the brokerage standpoint, you want to expose the property to as many buyers as possible in order to achieve the highest price for your client. So how does that work within the accelerated marketing platform? Sure. So we uh, we leverage or have a lot of experience working with uh, with the platforms uh, to help with the additional exposure of your property. They uh, they use the tried and true ways to expose properties to buyers, which we all know. Again, the, the co-stars, the loop nets, etc. But in addition to that, there are many, many different ways that they get the word out um, about that property sale in very non-traditional plat uh, platforms or marketing uh, tools. So, so the, the property um, is marketed out there and a lot of buyers that, I mean, if you look at your typical investor and new um, to CRE investor, they're not familiar with CoStar. They're not familiar with, with LoopNet. So they learn about properties through, through different platforms, um, 
different social media, such as Facebook or Instagram, as an example. So very, very non-traditional commercial real estate marketing platforms. There's also a lot of international buyers that are coming into the market, upwards of 10 to 15% of, of the buyers introduced to a domestic asset are, are from abroad. So, so that really helps. And I think also just having the property on these platforms, if you are, let's say the property's in the mid-Atlantic and you're a new investor in California and you're interested in a, a specific type of property and you find this, well, the information is available again at, at their fingertips. The, the pictures, uh, the interior, exteriors, virtual tours, the due diligence. So it really allows a new buyer, new investor, as well as the, the, the tried and true existing investors, uh, the information about that asset or that property readily available at their fingertips. So let's talk a little bit about the process. Um, you know, why don't you walk me through, you know, I've got a property, I want to list it with you. I like what you're telling me. Why don't you walk me through the actual process and, and what I can expect, you know, from a brokerage standpoint or from, you know, even a client standpoint? Sure, absolutely. Um, I think the first thing you really have to establish with your client, and this, this is, we, we all do this, is uh, the price. And the price, um, what we want to establish with the client is a floor price. So, for instance, if you're looking at something, uh, a property, and you're looking at it based off of the price per square foot, or you're looking at it based off of the cap rate, um, you pull comparable assets and you establish what you feel would be an accessible trade range for that property. But what you really want to come up with is, okay, this is the accessible trade range, but is there a number perhaps that may be a little bit lower, a little bit more aggressive, that would be the floor price that you would allow that property transact. And you have to remember when you're asking your client that there's not going to be an LOI, the property is going to be an as is sale because the buyers, remember the buyers are going through all of the due diligence and all of the underwriting before they participate in the event to buy the property. So all that information is available to them. They can tour the property um, as many, many times as they like. They'll have all the financials. They'll have um, uh, property condition reports, uh, phase one reports. Again, all that information, the, uh, the title or the deed of the property. So they can review all that information before they buy it. So it's not going to go to an LOI process, come back at a lower offer. So you want to establish a floor price with your client based on that parameters. Um, or based on those parameters. And then once you establish that floor price and the platform, the broker, and the seller all agree, the seller then signs a, um, a marketing agreement. And that marketing agreement will actually have the broker or the broker team listed as the broker of record for that property. Then you start the process of building out the property on a web page. And that information is then shared with the broker. Once the broker approves, it goes to the seller. Uh, the pro once the seller approves, the property goes live. And then you're officially in what's called the marketing period of, of that property or that asset. And it's typically marketed for, let's say, six to eight weeks, depending on the property. And at the conclusion of that property, it, it's in an event. And it's usually a two-day online bidding event. Um, 
and then the, the property actually transacts or sells. And then once the property sells, again, it's, it's typically about a 30 to 45 day close period. And then you get paid. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta like that. So, <laughs> you know, you just said competitive bidding environment and that brings up the word, you know, br brings to mind auction. Um, just for our listeners, can you differentiate between what, you know, accelerated marketing is and what a typical auction format is? Sure, absolutely. And it, let's let's just, you know, the, it seems like the word auction is always the, um, the, 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 you know, the, the word that is most concerning to some sellers and quite frankly to us as brokers. Uh, and if you think about auctions, most brokers, sellers associate that with a distressed sale. So, but the one thing about auctions are they've always been very exciting. I've, I've been working in the auction environment for a number of years. And that's one of the things that has always drawn me to the accelerated marketing process and the auction is, again, it's, it's, it's a very exciting, dynamic um, component. Uh, when you, especially when you comp um, compile that with uh, with commercial real estate, so auctions in and of itself, we actually use a lot of the benefits of an auction um, as is sales. I mean, but remember, it's not like a typical foreclosure or you're selling the property at the courthouse steps where the where the buyers can't even get in and look at the property. The buyers can't perform any due diligence, so they're it's really a buyer beware type of sale. This is the furthest thing from this type of uh, selling environment. The buyers are fully informed about the property. They have weeks to underwrite the property, preview the property, comb through the due diligence, work, work with the, the local broker, even bring it in a, a partner buyer broker to look at the property, review the property, and then come up with their pricing strategy. So, so the word auction, even though it's there and that and a lot of these platforms follow the auction methodology, they really use a lot of the key benefits from that process, but remove a lot of the um, the less desirable components of an auction. You just said something that was very interesting that I wanted to uh, to explore a little further. Um, again, for our listeners, why don't can you run through if I'm representing a buyer, what is it that we are thinking about? You talked about the price floor for the seller, but as a buyer, what type of considerations am I looking at? And, and on top of that, will that automatically create a competitive bidding environment with other buyers? Yeah, I, yes, absolutely. So a um, couple of things, to, uh, a few things to talk about. First and foremost, if we go back in our earlier component of our conversation where we talked about the floor price, this, this is, equates to uh, the reserve price for the property. That reserve price is a confidential number. The only people that know the reserve or the floor price for that property are um, is the uh, the platform and the seller. And in some cases, yes, that that floor price is also shared with the broker. So again, a very very confidential number. The buyers do not know uh, the floor floor the floor price 
or the reserve for for a for a given property. So when a buyer goes up and looks at the property, they um, they are looking at it. They make their own pricing uh, analysis or, or what they feel would be an appropriate amount that they would like to purchase that property for. Uh, and it could be, again, based off of comps, based off the due diligence that's available. If they decide to bring in a buyer broker, um, the buyer broker can help them understand what that property may be valued at. But the nice thing from a buyer's perspective is they can actually look at different properties and get and register to participate in the event for that property. And they might say, hey, I, this, this is a nine cap deal to me. I'm, I wouldn't pay anything over a nine cap deal or capitalization um, rate on that particular property. So when the property actually, when the bidding actually starts in the property, it, it may trade for an eight cap. And that buyer may say, thanks, but no thanks. That, that property uh, trade a little bit higher than I would have liked. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to decide not to, not to move forward. So again, allows him a very, very easy way to go in, look at properties and make offers on properties and watch it in real time. And then uh, from, from a seller's perspective, you always have buyers that are going to come in and lowball the property, if you will. You're going to have buyers that come in at uh, what we feel would be a, a good market value for that property. But the real, um, when you really have a home run or success is when you get just a handful of new buyers or an end user or someone that that, that was the perfect property for them. And obviously they're going to pay a little bit more. So it's quite common to have those three categories of buyers, you know, the, the, the people that are looking for, hey, if I can buy it at X, it's a great investment, I, I'd buy it every day. Um, the people that are going to pay, you know, a, a fair market price for the property. And again, the, the really, the, the buyers you really want to coddle or work with are the ones that it's, it's the perfect property for them. It's the, it's the, uh, they're an end user as an example. Um, but you'd ha you typically have all three of those categories of buyer. So that, uh, that then <laughs> gives me another thought uh, as to when that bidding process happens. So the, the, the competitive bidding environment, um, is that a sealed bid process? Is, you know, is there a call for final and best? And then as part of that, how often do properties sell at the floor or is it more often that they sell, you know, for a much higher price? Um, again, great questions. I'll start, uh, I'll start off with the last uh, component or last part of your question. Properties typically sell 100 to 105 uh, on average, 105, 115% of the floor price, which, which is great. Quite honestly, I have seen properties sell well above the, the, the floor price. Again, you, you create a market, you expand that marketing capability or that marketing net, and you bring in a lot of, a lot of good buyers. And we, we've seen properties go, again, well, well above the, the floor price. But you want to establish uh, a, a price, a floor price that you, you as the broker and the platform very, feel very comfortable that the property is going to trade because at the end of the day, you do not want to go through a process where you're, you're spending a lot of time, a lot of energy, especially us as the team helping where 
the property doesn't trade. And you knew in the back of your mind that, hey, this this property is really overpriced. And that's the reason it, it, it hasn't sold or or I'm taking the listings just as, you know, as a shot. You really want to make sure that you feel very, very comfortable about that property uh, trading. Um, the other the other party question is is timing of the auction field bid uh, versus when the actual property trades. So the property again is marketed for about six to eight weeks. At the end of that six to eight week period, the uh, what happens is if you're looking at the property as a buyer, you see where the uh, the bidding uh, opens up, and everybody's well aware of when that bidding's going to open up. Not only when it opens up, but when it actually stops. And it stops on a given day at a given hour. So the uh, property opens up and there's, for the first day it, it, it can be somewhat robust. You might see a few buyers bidding on the property. And then the second day, uh, the bidding tends to get a little bit more aggressive. And as you can well imagine, because the bidding always ends on a given day, on a given hour, um, as you get closer and closer to those final minutes, the bidding increases. Um, and that's because you have all the buyers looking at the clock, the countdown clock, if you will, and they'll see the current bid price. The nice thing is from a seller's perspective is uh, they don't know how many people are bidding on the property. So sometimes you might have five or 10 people, uh, 10 people participating. Sometimes you might have 100 people participating. But the clock, as the clock begins to uh, count down, especially when you get down to the final last few minutes, the bidding gets very, very aggressive and it goes higher and higher and higher. Um, and then hopefully you actually meet the reserve and then the platform can say, hey, the, the, the property has met its reserve price. And then the bidding explodes. You'll see, you know, people will say, hey, the property is actually trading. It's met its reserve price. and I'm not, I'm not the highest bidder. I'm not on top, if you will. The other, someone else is, so then they bid. Um, so yes, that's, that can get, uh, that's a very, very exciting time. And then to add to the excitement, um, you, the, the, the clock, depending on if the, the, when the bids are placed, the clock can actually extend for like another minute or another, another 30 seconds as an example. So, it doesn't follow the protocol. If we all remember buying something on eBay when it was like the final second and the person that actually was the quickest trigger on his mouse button would actually win the property. That doesn't happen. Um, you're always afforded an opportunity to place a bid. So um, so the, the clock can always get extended. Now it's not gonna get extended for 15 minutes, but it'll get extended for another uh, another couple of minutes that will allow allowed you or afford you an opportunity to place another bid. Does sound exciting. One of the things you just said uh, in what you were talking about is product types. Um, you mentioned user. So what are the best property types for this type of, of program? Or is there one? <laughs> Uh, yeah, um, I tell you, obviously, you, you always want to get the call about um, a value-add property in a primary market. I mean, you know, hey, this is a multifamily that's 60% occupied in, in D.C. or Washington, D.C. I mean, that's a lot of buyers are going to be interested in that. So, um, but with that said, 
there's there's a lot of success with um, you know every uh, category of CRE out there. You know, office, multifamily, hospitality, retail, uh, even land now is is has generated some level of interest. Again, if the land is you know is is a unique piece of land close to a primary or secondary market, but I would say just about every category of asset uh, in every market. I mean, I I personally and the platform. <laughs> Uh, we have sold properties all over the country, every category of asset, and it, it's going to it's going to generate good interest for you. So, you know, to kind of cap this off, how about you know, just outlining the, the the you know a couple of bullet points as to how this process benefits the parties, uh, not only the seller and the buyer, but how does this benefit the broker just is you know concise as you can get what are the benefits to this process yes absolutely i think the key benefits and i'll tell you about a deal we we just signed up right now our our first official deal uh there there wasn't a lot of expertise we were able to get great case studies for for our clients to show that we have uh, a broad experience with with uh with that asset class we have a great buyer database for that for that profile of property. So, and and the the timeliness of the property. So, if it's a property where your seller is saying, "Hey, I I, I just want to I don't want to necessarily go through this lengthy LOI process," this accelerated marketing team can help you expose the property to new buyers. Uh, can create a tremendous marketing exposure for the property. Um, at the end of the day, it's, it's going to trade for a much higher price than you've traditionally encountered before. The other really, really great benefit, it's going to introduce you to many more buyers, many more sellers. So it's going to expand not only your capabilities, but your own personal portfolio of clients, whether they're buyers or sellers. Um, and then at the end of the day, your seller is going to be ecstatic because you've, you've introduced them to a methodology, a very unique methodology for you as the broker, where you can collaborate, you can sell sell the properties, you can introduce their their properties or their portfolios to to new buyers, new markets. You can get it sold with 100% assurity that that property is going to close. Again, there's I think it's like a 97% close rate. So the property sells. It's it's a very very high uh, close rate versus an LOI that may not close i mean or or it's going to continue to retrade and retrade so um so i think i think this this technology collaboration with our cvc brokers i could be more excited about and one of the reasons i was so um uh, excited to join the cvc team is uh there's an existing team here that i'm working with and we've had tremendous success uh, when i was with 10x this was my top brokerage firm to work with and top team to work with. Uh, the team that's in place here right now has a uh, well above 90% success rate. So we, uh, we're, we're very experienced, we know what we're doing and we, we can certainly add a lot of value to, to your existing transactions. Sorry, but I have another question. This is so interesting. Oh, no. uh, really, yeah, I'm, I'm sitting here but, feeling the excitement. Um, so, you just talked about you know success rates and and what properties work. 
is there a property type that this just really isn't well suited for or a property situation that this isn't well suited for? Um, that's a really, really good question. Um, kind of going through my, um, my memory bank of properties that, that maybe didn't garner as much interest as, as I had thought. Uh, and of course, and, and I think a lot of brokers would agree with this. I think the, the one category of property that most brokers are kind of scratching their head at um, is, is land. And in particular, uh, land that has to be rezoned or redeveloped. So where there's a lot of future value or future potential, um, I think that those types of properties may not garner as much interest. The, the land that has uh, generated the highest interest is, hey, it, 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 was, it was zoned agricultural. They were able to successfully get it re rezoned to the county or the municipality, and, and it's, it's been platted and recorded, and now it's, 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 it's shovel-ready, so to speak. Um, so I think, I think land, if you, if you add that, those components to it, it, it tends to be a little bit more successful. But other than that, I, I think, um, I, listen, I, I have sold in uh, primary markets. I've sold in secondary markets, very, very remote tertiary markets, um, retail, office, hospitality. Uh, the, the real key is to just make sure that the seller um, expectations are, are in alignment and correct. I think that's the, that's, that really is the, is the key parameter to success is, is Make sure that you're very transparent with your seller. You pull the comps and listen, we, we will certainly help um, pull comparables and we'll work with the platform to pull comparables as well. So you're, you're going to get back to them with extraordinary feedback and case studies of, of successful sales of very, very similar properties that your client is, is trying to sell. So if their expectations are in line with the market, the property is going to sell. David, to kind of you know wrap this up, um, I always like to ask uh, brokers that I've met you know over the course of my career, my uh, time here at CBC. Do you have a favorite accelerated marketing deal story? I love to hear hear deal deal stories. <laughs> uh, yeah, um, I, I have I have so many. Um, the I think the one deal uh, story that I, I can share the most uh, that I was astonished at was we I was sold selling a, uh, a hospitality asset. It was uh, it was in a not that nice of a neighborhood, and it was it was pretty weathered. And again, we are working with the the, the brokerage team. The brokerage team is is has their traditional buyer database that, that they're going out because it's a, a hotel asset. Well, of course, if you go through the buyer database, and, and which by the way, um, that's one of the other great benefits, you'll be surprised at the length and depth of the, the buyers. Each buyer, when they go up and they register um, and sign the confidentiality to download the due diligence, that's all captured. And you'll, you'll see hundreds of buyers, not only where the property is located, but throughout the country, throughout the world. Um, and you'll have their full contact information. 
But back to the story, um, we had our very traditional hospitality buyer groups and uh, they were bidding on the property. They were providing us upfront pricing, which was very much in alignment with what we thought the property would trade for. But out of the clear blue, uh, an unknown buyer is presented. This unknown buyer, and this is exactly what we were talking about earlier, Tom, this unknown buyer was a high up government official. He was getting close to retirement. His kids are a little older and, and about, about to go to college. And he was looking for an additional revenue uh, source. Uh, someone in his family has, had owned a hotel and he had always had an interest in it. And this property was literally a stone's throw from his, from his uh, home. You, if you would ask him about LoopNet or CoStar, he, he had no clue what either of those uh, two platforms were. He found this property in a very non-traditional marketing context. Not only did he bid on the property, but he completely blew away the pricing that the other sophisticated hospitality buyers were buying that property for. So he uh, successfully purchased the property and he couldn't be a happier buyer um, because this was, this was his lifelong dream to buy this property close to his home. Again, unique buyer, um, first time investor, uh, the, the price was outstanding. And it just so happens that the, the client that we sold the property for had a portfolio uh, of hotels nationwide. So he was happy, we were happy, and uh, we got a lot more sales uh, because of that success story. Well, David, <laughs> thank you so much for joining. This has been great. I've learned a ton, um, much more than I ever knew about the process. Let our followers know, how do they contact you? Sure. Uh, I think that probably the easiest way, obviously a lot of people like to, to email. Um, it's, it, I have a CB Realty uh, email. So it's david.lowry at cbrealty.com. Again, D-A-V-I-D dot Lowry, L-O-W-R-Y at cbrealty.com. And if you if you listen to the webcast and you're like, I got to call this guy right now, my mobile number, which I always keep by my side, 443-865-3900. Great, David, and, and thank you very much again. As a reminder to our listeners, if you like what you hear, please subscribe to and like the CRE with CBC Worldwide podcast on your favorite pod app. And also be sure to check out our older episodes. This is Tom Hershey with Cobalt Banker Commercial. Thanks for tuning in.